Welcome to the Dream Huge Podcast, where we'll talk with real estate investors, entrepreneurs, business leaders, athletes, and more to inspire you with their success stories so you can work hard, never give up, and dream huge. And now, let's start the show. This is the Dream Huge Podcast, show number 15. Behind every one of those deals, like you're saying, it's an actual human being that I'm able to help. Yo, what's up, everybody? Mark Gray here today. How you doing, Mark? Good, Pete. Uh, myself, Pete Peterson, and um, our guest, Chris Durbin, today. Uh, well, first and foremost, welcome to the Dream Huge podcast. Uh, we have Chris Durbin here uh, today with Fairway Mortgage. Um, it was a great uh, interview. Um, you know, some somebody else. You know, we we love having entrepreneurs on here, and uh, mortgage uh, lenders—they're their own entrepreneurs, really. Um, so it was interesting to get his take on his journey to where he is now. Um, not only that, we uh, talk a lot about mortgage, the process, what it takes, what what um, different mortgages they offer. And for those of you who are listening who are maybe dreaming huge of buying a house, um, he, he has some great insight onto what you need to do to get prepared to do that. But I thought Chris had some uh, great insight. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, he did really good. He has some really good knowledge. Um, he went from being a pastor for a long time to, in his 40s, jumping off, starting his own career. Yeah, so that was very inspirational. Hopefully that will inspire you guys. And uh, so um, also hopefully this inspires you. I just kind of thought this was funny. This is our 15th episode already. Yeah. So we, you know, you know, we've already lasted longer than CNN+. Plus. <laughs> because <laughs> they 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 didn't even make it i think they made it about one month over there at cnn plus yeah yeah i guess it was some big giant investment and they didn't get very many subscribers so they scrapped the whole entire thing and now it's kind of become this big joke why would anybody want to subscribe to that <laughs> i want C i actually want less of cnn if i can subscribe to that right okay so i think that maybe we'll look into that but Needs to say, uh, Chris Durbin coming up. Um, enjoy another great uh, podcast here. You know, please, if you do enjoy our podcast, we inspire you and you want to spread the word, um, like, subscribe, you, and you can find us and listen to us anywhere where podcasts are found. Um, but besides that, let's get into it. Yo, everybody, welcome to the Dream Huge Podcast hosted by Mark Gray. How you doing, Mark? Not bad. What's going on? Nothing much. And myself, Pete Peterson. Um, and folks, we don't always talk real estate. We love to share success stories from other entrepreneurs, movers, shakers, and influencers. Hopefully, these interviews and stories will help you help to motivate and inspire you, the listeners, to dream huge. And today, we welcome our special guest, Chris Durbin. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Yeah, thanks for coming. Chris Durbin is a loan officer with Fairway Mortgage, the nation's largest originator of purchases That's in right. mortgages last year. Last year. Yep. So, hey, it's all, I mean, you talk about huge and dreaming huge. What about that, Mark? It's pretty big. We got the, the <laughs> number get, one right there. It don't get no more huge than that. Uh, the largest uh, for purchases in mortgages in mortgage loans last year. So, congrats on that. Awesome job. 
Um, most of it was me. Most of it was Chris. Yeah, yeah he's got a gigantic trophy right here. He brought along with him. Yeah, last year. Yep. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Took over all of Ohio. <laughs> well, you guys are doing something right, so that that works, and we'll get into that a little bit. So, so yeah, Chris, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and what you do. Yeah. So um, I'm Chris. I'm fr- I mostly grew up in this area, and um, you know have bounced around a little bit when I was young and then was uh, away for a while college and met my wife out in Indiana and stuff but been back in this area now for man 16 plus years or something and um, I have two daughters that are 14 and 16 uh, which is uh, an adventure all in itself (laughs) (laughs) love my girls but this uh, this phase is an interesting one 14 and 16 year old girls Uh, they're they're awesome so my wife and my daughters and I have been uh, in this uh, Mansfield Lexington area my girls go to Lexington schools and uh, I've been doing some other things in the past but um, about a year ago made the move to the mortgage industry and with uh, Fairway as you said awesome company and with an awesome team here in town i'm enjoying it got through my first year of uh you know learning curve and craziness and you know having a little more fun with it now <laughs> yeah um no i think you're doing a great job um thank you for taking time to uh out of your busy schedule to spend some time with with us for the podcast uh, to help others uh, inspire others and um we'll get to the, some mortgage particulars here in a minute but to spend some time with us and our team i appreciate that very much sure we talk about you know here's uh, Let's dive into the mortgage a little bit. Um, and the big question today was, well, before the meeting was, and a lot of folks have this question, do you need two years worth of work experience um, to buy a home? Uh, do I do I need two years of solid W-2s from the same job? Because, you know, a lot of people, we've had COVID, we've had, you know, a crazy job market, and all these things factor in. So that's a big question out there. So mm-hmm. what's what's going on with that? Yeah, it's a great question. In um, in our lending space, you know, so for for like um, not non portfolio lenders, um, in kind of, you know independent mortgage broker world, right? Um, we're going to have to follow all the guidelines of uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and so the short answer to that generally is is yes. Um, we're going to need to show two years of stable employment income history now different loan programs, different situations. There certainly are cases where, um, you know, times where we can kind of get around that. You mentioned COVID. One of them is that there was a lot of forgiveness. If um, if we can basically document that somebody was had some time off, uh, was laid off, furloughed or something because of COVID over the last couple of years, then um, they've been very forgiving about that. We can usually work with that situation. Um, and, then if, and then there are just different um, situations. Like, for instance, I was just talking to a young man last week who is finishing college, um, but he's already got an offer letter for the new job that is in the field that he actually went to school for. Mm-hmm. Um, in that situation, I'm able to use, you know, if it's a signed offer letter from both parties, says here's when you're going to start within the next 60 days, and um, here's what you're going to make, well, then I can use that to calculate income. Beautiful. Um, right? Yeah, because so, that's that's essentially the gist of it. You, you need to calculate their future income. You need to plead a case to your underwriter right. saying, hey, this is what this individual is has made yep. and what we predict – he's going to make or they figure out what they predict they're, they're going to make. Right. Um, so it's nothing um, against that particular person per se. Yep. We just need to plead a case. Yep. We're, uh, if we're going to, you know, basically the lender's saying, if we're going to lend a bunch of money to somebody, we want to 
do the best we can to make sure this person's going to be able to pay it back and these loan, this loan's not going to be defaulted on. And the only way to judge some uh, future income is by somebody's history. Right? Yeah. Like I, we need, we've got to be able to kind of document and show. Um, so yeah, two years generally of stable unemployment income, they can bounce around to a few different jobs in that as long as there's no large job gaps. And that's another one of those things like depending on the, the loan program, um, then it depends on like how, how large of a job gap that we can get past and reasoning, you know, somebody takes some time off because they had a baby for a few months. There's certainly situations where, uh, as long as we can show time before that, you know, good, you know, two years before that, and then they've been back to work for say six months on, uh, I think FHA would, what it would be then. Okay. We can still do that. So it is definitely case by case, but generally we need to establish this person's been working stable employment income for the last couple of years. Sure. Yep. Um, then we talked about working with business owners and entrepreneurs and, um, we joked about, uh, business owners that may like to write off a little too much. Mm -hmm. Right, <laughs> because they may be listening to their accountant's advice, um, and then that's all fine and dandy uh, per tax season. Um, but when they go to buy something very large, like a home, um, that can come back and bite them. Correct? For sure, for sure. Yeah, we're gonna have to look at you know last two those last two tax returns, um, and we're gonna use to calculate your income. So of course we're gonna be trying to figure out your debt to income ratio. I got to calculate income. You're self-employed. You're not getting pay stubs that I'm going to be able to work from. Probably, although some people do pay themselves that in that way, still have W two and stuff. But most of the time, uh, the only way for me to see uh, and what I have to follow is actually what's showing up on your tax return as far as that net income. So right. So that was what people. I was going to say. The self-employed yes. guy is going to say, "Well, yeah. Here's but here's the, here's the books I used for the IRS. But here's the set of my real books. What I really made. <laughs> right. So you can't use those. No, I can't. I can't operate from just like here's what I you know somebody tells me. Here's the what handwritten I in stuff. Last year, right. The, <laughs> it's no. not. It's not going to work. You're right. Gonna, you're going to have to. We're going to have to use what you actually netted. That's on that IRS. So I always just tell people like think about your goals. Um, think about you know if you're just moving into a a self-employed situation and you know priority over the next couple of years is going to be to buy a home well make the accountant make sure you and your accountant are, not, are talking about not just saving you as much money on taxes as possible but actually what are the goals over the next few years let's so let's maximize that income as much as we can so that i can actually be approved for you know have a good dti and be approved for um, a, a higher purchase price on a house or whatever and yeah. we can always help people kind of think through that too. Sure, yeah. I'm not an accountant, but we can at least have that conversation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, no, great advice for entrepreneurs, um, independent contractors alike, you know, and right. uh, real estate agents. So a lot of agents listen to this show. Um, so yeah, it is not a bad idea, especially when you're getting started out in a real estate business. And if you do have a full-time job, yep. hang on and you, and you plan on buying a home. We get a lot of young agents in here, you know, fresh out of high school, fresh out of college. They don't, they, they're eager to jump into the real estate business, but at the mm -hmm. same time, they're getting ready to buy a house in a couple years. So it's, it's a very powerful thing to have the, those two years worth of W2s, um, under your belt, um, for buying power. For sure. Um, yep. especially if you, if you're trying to rely on, um, commission checks that may not be flowing as they would say five years from you being in the business. Right. Right. Um, so or, yeah. Or all of a sudden you took a hit from, you know, this year's down a little bit from last year or something like that. Right. Yep. So great advice there. Um, so you, you had mentioned earlier that the entrepreneurial spirit struck you 
And yeah. that's, that's kind of what drove you into the mortgage business. You had spent some time as a teacher. You had spent some time in ministry field. Um, what what happened? What clicked? And what? why did you choose mortgage? Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, and, and for sure, there's always, you know, somebody's story is probably, it's probably 15 years in the making. So there's a lot of layers to it for sure. Um, I found myself, there's probably a few, a few pieces to it, um, over the years. Um, one, I talked a lot with people as I was, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a people guy. I'm a community minded person. The more I was kind of doing ministry and just trying to like really help people help our community. I talked a lot with people about, you know, this isn't just about like a few guys, uh, a few people getting paid as a pastor to kind of, you know, do the work to, to improve a community, to share the love of God, to all, you know, all those kind. like this is, we're all in this thing together, right? And found myself more and more challenged to actually kind of be outside of the church environment and connecting in my community, helping how I can um, with, with people that, that really need the help and stuff, sure. right? Yeah. So one of, probably just over time, the more I was doing that, the more I was talking with people, the more I was actually seeing people that are out there, you know, you know, I always just joke that like now I have a, a normal job. I'm like a normal person, right? right. Um, the more I the more I got to know people like that, and the the more kind of inspired by it I was in ways that people were not only you know driven and working hard and really successful, but also like doing it in a way that you know we're actually going to take care of our, people in our community, where you know people first kind of thing. Yeah. So I found myself kind of moving that direction. And then it's just interesting. I mean, obviously, teacher and pastor, you're not. Uh, I, I love the gigs, but you're obviously not. You're not, you're not raking in a lot of money. Right? Yeah, you're a, trying to take care of your family. You have Frank, a servant's heart. There's no doubt. Yes, that, that that's just there. And I got that from my parents. My dad was a pastor for uh, thirty plus years, and um, was just a. He just he was an amazing guy. We I lost him three years ago, actually, like next week. Sorry, um, which was. Um, and honestly, that was kind of a shifting thing for me, I think, just walking through. Uh, my wife and I both lost our dads within a couple of years. It was kind of brutal. We had a lot of loss and kind of some tough things. And that, you go through some tough things for a few years, it really kind of drives you to kind of just reassess yourself and life and, and all those things, whether you want to or not. You know what I mean? Um, so I really found myself after, you know, um, doing those other things for a long time just – you know, hmm. like there was just a, a kind of a hunger for for new things, different things. And as I was saying, um, it'd be nice to be able to work harder and then actually get compensated for yeah. it. There was no way for me to just and you know, I put in a lot of hours doing yeah, <laughs> doing what I was absolutely. doing. You're not making any more money, right? Um, so I found a little bit. Yeah, all of a sudden it just seemed like I have some friends doing some business things. I'm like, man, be. Um, I don't know. All of a sudden, there was some desire there. I actually did a side business with a buddy for a little while um, that kind of got my feet wet just doing something different. We were actually doing some lead generation, online marketing lead generation for um, even uh, realtors and mortgage people for oh. a little while and stuff. Um, so that was that was kind of like a little bit of a step you know, outside of what I had been doing and then just kind of more and more started feeling like you know, I think uh, probably next next 20, 25 years, you know, I was up, I was pushing 40, I'm 42 now, and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to do this gig for the next 20, 25 years. What's it going to be? Wrestled with that. Long story short, uh, Dennis Reed, uh, my branch manager, and has been in the mortgage business for, you know, I think, pushing 20 years now. Um, we are super close friends with him and his family. Our kids are, our kids are tight, and um, 
I was wrestling with doing something different. He knew I had kicked around some things, but didn't realize quite how much I was thinking of making a move early last year, 21. And um, he actually kind of out of the blue invited me to lunch and said, uh, pretty much, it was just a, a really brief conversation where he was like, you know, we're trying to grow. We're set up really nicely to do that right now. I think you'd be really good at this gig. Um, and gave me, pretty much gave me the offer. And I was like, it was kind of immediately in my kind of in my head and heart at that point. Like, yeah, yeah I think it's going to be it. But especially to make a move at that point in your life, such a career change with teenage kids and the whole thing is like, all right, I trust this guy more than pretty much anybody on the planet. Yep. And seems like they're really set up to help resource me. And so it felt like safe enough to make a move and kind of go all in. So I did. I was just like, in a month's time, I did all my classwork, took my licensing test, wrapped up my side gig and the, the full-time gig and just kind of killed myself for about a month. I didn't sleep for about a month. And then uh, April 1st of last year, passed my exam and started awesome. right in with Fairway. So. Love it, man. Yeah. You know, to make that type of uh, leap of faith, like you said, at this point in your career, at this point in your life, um, I think you said it, you know, was was the um, the ability to earn more as you work more. Yeah. The harder you work, the more you make. Certainly a part of it, and that, for sure. That factors in, um, and that's why we're in the business of real estate. Um, the more, you know, the more people we help and serve, the more money we make. Yep. And it's as simple as that. Um, especially in a small community like we talked about. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and of course, you know, you get paid when you close a deal. But And we talked about this too. Um, but you're better off to be an advisor. A mortgage advisor, I think, was the term that you used yep. um, rather than some guy that just wants to get the deal closed so he can make the commission. Because some, some folks come to you and you're not quite sure if they're ready for home ownership, right. you know, deep oh, yeah. in your heart, you know, but at the same time, <laughs> Many of them are not. <laughs> you're, 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 you're a counselor in ways, correct? Yeah. yeah, for sure. And that's what it's been really cool for me. Like now, you know, obviously there was a whole technical side that I have been learning and going to continue to learn. There's a lot to it on the, you know, the guidelines and the technical side. I don't, I'm already a people guy and I've already been in the business of helping people for a really long time. That part comes really naturally talking to talking to leads that I don't even know um, or just you know sitting and talking with people so uh, not only does this gig afford me the ability to if I if I work hard I make more money which is awesome but behind every one of those deals like you're saying it's an actual human being that I'm able to help do one of the greatest things you can do by a home it's like both the most terrifying and the most exciting experience you're gonna have in your life right yeah. so I'm able to actually help people I really love like first time home buyers or people that are freaked out by the whole thing. Actually, um, I'm finding if I take a little time on the phone with them and help just kind of educate them, help them understand the whole thing, like all of a sudden they're crazy appreciative. They're going to trust me more. They might even decide, you know, right now is not the time, but let's talk again in a year, mm -hmm. whatever that might be. And I, I'm actually really loving the, the, the combination of like the competitive, the sales side of everything, but also genuinely like trying to help and counsel i mean i joke that i have to go back to my kind of pastor counselor moment yeah. sometimes i had a borrower just recently that she was freaking out about purchasing a house i mean just the whole thing was just terrifying and oh, she'd yeah. been through a hard time recently and i'm like you know we just had to take a little more time on the phone like let's talk through this whole thing try to calm her down about it make sure she understands yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh you know then it was like we got her there she she's good now 
but um very that, re- very rewarding on both sides there sure. yeah, yeah yeah it's really fun to help people buy homes it's there's, a blast yeah definitely waves of emotions going through a purchase oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> yep can you ride the wave exactly <laughs> and day to day it can be so different like you talking to somebody that you're in a deal with like one day and they're like excited and everything's cool and then something some little hiccup comes up which happens in deals for occasionally for you guys (laughs) right it happens and all of a sudden they're like cranky and mean to me for a minute i'm like oh man like you have to you have to move on your feet a little bit you know um that's great stuff so let's talk specifically about fairway you had mentioned a couple products you have to offer the fairway advantage um and then the fairway uh cash guarantee how about we touch on both of those yeah we can talk a little bit about those so um, you know, and as I mentioned, we have fairway has all the, being as large as we are, all the, all the products and programs generally between conventional and FHA and USDA and VA and all those things. Um, but yeah, one of the things that we are, um, recent, well, we've been doing the fairway advantage pre-approval. It used to be called something else that's been going on for a handful of years where basically, um, we're always going to do our work on the front end to do a good solid pre-approval, um, anyway even without this fairway advantage pre-approval like that's just the way we operate that's the way dennis and his team have trained me so we're going to get documents so we're going to look at your situation we're going to ask all the questions spend some time on the phone and and do a good thorough pre-approval um so when we give that letter to the the client and go to their take it to one of you guys as their realtor and they're they're ready to shop and you can feel solid about the pre-approval um but we can take it to another level with this fairway advantage pre-approval pre-approval, which is basically us just going ahead and starting a loan um, like it would be if you're in contract. We're going to send it to our processor, you know, open the loan, send it to processing. It's going to go through that. It's going to go through underwriting and it's kind of come down with what we come out with what we always call a conditional approval. Um, That happens on in every deal, right? As you guys know, somebody gets conditionally approved and then you got to finish appraisal and some other things and make sure they actually still have a job. Uh, They they still kept their job there towards the end and you're about to close, right? Uh, But we can do that whole process where basically then you're going to get a letter that says this loan is already approved for your pre-approval letter. So it's kind of a, it's just another level of, um, of pre-approval that is even more solid that you're able to tell a listing agent um, it's right there in the letter that, Hey, this is, a, everything's done on this thing except for, um, appraisal and title. So then the process is probably going to go a little fast. It, it is going to go faster. Uh, once we, once they get in contract and we get things started. Um, and in this crazy competitive market, I think it gives a little bit of a leg up, right? So that's the, the fairway advantage pre-approval that we do. And then tied to that, which is brand new. Um, we're doing a cash guarantee right now that, we can't necessarily do for everybody, uh, but there are, there are uh, certainly good situations where we're going to be able to actually do a, an even you know, stronger letter offer that pretty much is saying, like, we're guaranteeing this loan so much so that if it falls apart, seller can walk away with 10000 in cash or Fairway is literally going to buy the property. Um, and then realtors are still going to get compensated in the same way that they would. Um, that whole thing. So that one is actually, I mean, it's released. People are using it. We're actually trying to dive into it a little bit more just because of some of the nuances. Like right now, we're like interest rates are rising literally uh, every day and every week. So if I guarantee this thing right now, um, is it still guaranteed if we're up half a point two weeks from now? Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there are some factors there. But 
it's one of those where we're going to take the time as we're working with a client and with a realtor to kind of look at, all right, is this the is this one of those situations where we can do that, which is going to make you even more competitive when you're battling against 10 offers. Mark, are you, are you battling with buyers against uh, 5, 10 other offers right now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. Every, yeah. every deal you put together, it's you're competing. Yeah. So I think that's, the average nationwide is like 4.8, actually. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yep. 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 So do you know what Fairway is actually doing with the properties? You know, I'm not even sure about that at this point. I mean, I would assume they're you know going to be looking to turn around and sell them for the most part. Um, but... I'm not sure. I yeah. mean, maybe they'll hold on to some of them. I, I can't even really speak to that. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it literally came out like last week or maybe two weeks ago. They were like, we're offering this. And it was specifically because this market, you know, things have changed yeah. over the last quarter much more than much faster than we thought they would. Right. So, you know, it's a way certainly for Fairway to compete. But it's also like because we're so focused on purchases and we're partnering with realtors, like here's a way that we can actually help you guys out be even more competitive and hopefully win a deal over uh, we could do something similar you know you see the billboards the the agents offer in the large cities and stuff they say you know we will sell your home quickly or we'll buy it guaranteed Mm -hmm. you know so it's something similar to that yeah um like you said what do you do with it then you have it so yeah it's a rental turn it into a rental or (laughs) flip it or yeah depends Uh, on the price or sell it again yeah i i don't think our ceo is just like i'm now going to be a landlord of all these properties i don't think that's the uh (laughs) the thought in mind um very interesting though love that okay so back to chris durbin personally uh what's an interesting factor story most folks may not know about you Hmm, may not know about me Oh, you know, this actually hit me earlier today. A lot of people probably don't know. Um, my friends do. They know that I kind of geek out on um, – I've done a lot of studying for myself and with others on, like, uh, personality test uh, assessments and kind of team-building stuff. Uh, so from everything from Myers-Briggs to, you know, the DISC and all those. I don't yeah. know if you guys have done any of those kind of things. But in the last handful of years, uh, you've maybe heard people talking about the Enneagram um, which is kind of, it's actually a very old kind of ancient um, personality testing sp- uh, kind of personal growth tool, but it has become popular in the United States much more in the last last few years, actually. So what's um, it do? Like, so it, you know, the short answer, it's like actually super deep. I, I have I've spent a few years reading multiple books. <laughs> And uh, listening to lots of podcasts and working with it myself and with others and stuff. Um, in a nutshell, you could kind of call it a personality test. But what's different about it is you're actually it's actually assessing more the the driving motivators and wounds underneath our actual behaviors than it is just assessing our behavior. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in a lot of cases with DISC and Myers Briggs, people are just like, "Yep, here's what I am now. Everybody else deal with me." That's <laughs> kind of, it's not. It's supposed to be about growth. People don't always use it that way, right? So it's the subconscious things underneath your skin. Yeah, it's kind of like why you know I'm an Enneagram two, uh, which is like the helper giver person. But it's not just about that being my behavior. It's about what is it under uh, underneath it kind of motivates me in that way. What is it? And like in my case, I'll just say like it, it's it's actually tough because it forces you to look at yourself. And kind of understand like why why do I do this stuff or why am I driven by and it, it's really rooted in our our kind of uh, childhood woundings and and the 
sort of our, uh, they call it the salt, the false self that we put on in our, hmm. in our first 20, 30 years. And for me, it's basically kind of a need to be needed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's actually one of the things I had to kind of work through, you know, even doing teaching and ministry and all those things like we talked about. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, you know, I still fully believe I was a good person and I was helping people for the right reasons for the most part. But you start to realize uh, some of this is actually about kind of my own you know, my own pride and my own needs and my own, Interesting. you know right. what I mean? We all know so, who we are, yeah. but, you know, on a day-to-day basis, but it's like you find out more about yourself because yeah. these are the items that are actually driving who you are right. and right. why you behave the way that you do. Yep. And some of them end up being kind of, you know, it can become unhealthy. You can, so one of the things I love about the Enneagram without, I won't, I won't go into a ton of it right now, but <laughs> we could like do a I, whole podcast oh, on the Enneagram. Could, yeah. We could, we could talk a lot about it for sure. And I love, <laughs> I love helping other people kind of like, as they are reading on it and working on themselves, then let's just talk about it and I can kind of help bring out some stuff. But it's all about like first kind of facing who I actually am and what my wounding is. But then it's about like becoming a more whole person from it, right? So I'm not just an Enneagram too. Actually, my goal is to become a more whole. There's nine numbers on the Enneagram. And actually what I want to become is a more authentic, more whole person. So I'm either kind of, you can either be an unhealthy two and like that, we could talk about what that looks like if you're an unhealthy two, like those, those people that literally are, like helping everybody, but then they're just actually pissed at everybody because they're not getting love back in return. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? um, or you can be a really healthy too. It's like, I'm totally at peace with who I am, but I just genuinely like, I'm going to help people when I can, but I don't necessarily need it for myself to be happy all the time. Right. And I don't have to be the, uh, you know, it's like that Messiah complex thing. I don't have to be the guy that helps everybody all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you kind of know when is it mine to do and when is it not kind of thing. So that's just like a little piece of like for, for an Enneagram too, right? Interesting. But it's a, it's a very cool tool that I've like, I have found to be very helpful in my own growth and with others because it's focused on growth and not just, you know. What type of person I am. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Super yeah. interesting. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss? Hmm. Business wise, personal wise, because after this we're moving on to the huge four, and then you get the rapid fire round. Yeah, and then no, we'll let you I get mean, on with your busy day. I think I'm pretty good. Just um, yeah, want people to know, like you know, as we talked about, just you know, one, I feel I love the company and the team that I'm working with, um, and the fact that we uh, not only are are doing it well and you know doing a lot of deals, but also that our heart and it really is behind. Um, the entire company from the CEO down um, that we actually want to want to actually do good by people, take care of people. And I love this community. I've been here for a long time. I was here as a kid. I've been here a long time now since I've been back and um, genuinely want to just kind of help be a part of, I think Mansfield's on the rise. I think think there's a lot of good. Yeah. I think there's a lot of good things. And so I want to be about, you know, what's best for this community and keep helping us grow, you know, love it. All right, Mark, hit him with the huge Uh-oh. four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's one thing you wish you had known when you began your career? Ah, which was only a year ago. <laughs> um, man, I think, let me think. Man, I'm still just learning so much of it. Um, probably, I mean, as... Um, you know, last year it was just like, I'm just going to grind, you know, just keep going. And I, I mean, I've been mentored so well from by, uh, by Dennis and, and others and actually even coaching from fairway and stuff 
that I was trained in the right way, but I'm realizing like more and more now that because the market shifted so quickly and differently here with rates rising and, um, you know, inventory low coming into, you know, in my first like winter in Ohio, where all of a sudden there aren't as many people buying homes and loans aren't coming, you know, uh, deals aren't coming to you quite as easy. Right. So probably just realizing even more so now they told me, but now I know like you got to keep when things are slower, you got to keep picking up the phone and calling and prospecting and, and, you know, building relationships and you, you can't, you can't just slow down. Like when it's, when it's slower, if you really want to, if you want to stay consistent and, you know, keep building your business. So that's, that's one thing probably, you know, it's like you wish you'd have known that at a deeper level when you started <laughs> mm-hmm. though, like, you know, don't quit prospect every day. Always you know, keep you know. that pedal down to the floor. Right. Yep. And no matter what market. Yeah. I can attest to that for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. What was your biggest failure? What'd you learn from it? Ooh, biggest failure. Like in the mortgage biz, you think? Um, it's up to you, whichever way you want to take it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just thinking about this past year, I don't I don't think they're thankfully we've closed I mean, I've gotten every every deal we've gotten contract, we've got it closed. Um, so there hasn't been any like big ones that were like, Oh man, I totally bombed on that and it fell apart. We didn't get it done. You know what I mean? But you just just realize like um, all the little things that can happen along the way yeah. that will either slow down a deal or, you know, kind of threaten to <laughs> blow the whole thing up. Right. So I think just like learning from all those little things that happen where all of a sudden you're scrambling on like the day before closing or to get something closed. Cause we got to figure something out, whatever learning from those like little failures of like seeing, uh, seeing a little bit more into the future. Like when we're getting a, getting a loan started and you're like, you know, now I can look at a situation and go, these are the things that might pop up. Let's see if we can get ahead of that. You know what I mean? So that's probably a big thing is just, you know, really doing my best in each person's situation to like, you know, do my work on the front end, think ahead. What can we do now so that this whole deal goes smoother or even just communicating with realtor and borrowers really well and stuff like that. So that it's just, it's going to be smooth. There's going to be hiccups, but they don't have to be like super major if we do our work. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's right. What are the best resources that have helped you along the way? Oh man. Um, combination of Dennis Reed, my good buddy and branch manager. I mean, just to have, to be able to make a career move and have somebody like him uh, mentor me. It's just, I got a built in, you know, friend and mentor, like uh, he, he probably gets real tired of me going, Hey, Den, you know, the <laughs> office next door, um, just anything that comes up, I can ask him and he's, he's training me the right way in the business. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and then fairway too, just, um, I mean, we had incredible coaching programs that I was able to do for the first six months that I'm like, man, most people do not have. And so the, and they, you know, corporate paid for part of it, branch paid for part of it. I paid for part of it. It was like a shared thing that was uh, massive for me just learning kind of both the technical and also some of the sales side yeah. um so that i mean i can't imagine making a career move at 41 and like you know you've heard dennis's story how he started uh if yeah. you remember that oh <laughs> like, yeah dude was on his own at the beginning like i'm looking at that just like you know he had a he had a little kid that is terrifying i'm it's just been so nice to like feel like i've got such a great team system you know, resources, mentors, everything right there, helping me get started. It's been big for sure. Yeah. What are two books that have inspired you? Mm, two books. 
of course, you know I was in ministry, so I have to say the Bible. Right? Can I give the Sunday school answer? Yep. You know, <laughs> we get the sure. Bible every now and then, yeah, don't we? Yeah, sure. yeah. for There's sure. A it's, been, it's been a yeah. big part of my life, for sure. Still uh, still read and wrestle with it and all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, I do like to read a lot. Um, it's been actually a little tougher to find time to read since <laughs> I've been doing this gig. Um so I told you I've been re- I read a bunch of those Enneagram books. There's a few of those that have been cool. Um, in fact, if anybody's um, curious about digging into it, probably my the first best one I think to jump into is called "The Road Back to You" by Ian Cron is the guy's name, and uh, it's just a good like primer on the whole thing. But um, recently, I would also say, um, well, two come to mind. I started reading. Uh, well, there's this great author named Pete Peterson who wrote this book recently. <laughs> What's that book? Contacts equals contracts or something <laughs> yeah. like that. No. Nice uh, shout out. I, I, have st- I have started reading that a little bit. Thank and you. I, I was reading another one called Fanatical Prospecting by a guy named, uh, you guys would dig this one, uh, Jeb Blunt or Blount or something like that. Um, and it's just all about like in, you know, in sales world, like just really pushes you to keep, keep prospecting and yeah. kind of also like what are the different personalities um, that kind of go along, like we're all wired a little differently. So what's like that thing you need to work on as a, uh, as a prospector, as yeah. a salesperson, you know, that's been good. And the other one that's just kind of more on the fun side, but also was super inspiring for me that comes to mind. Kind of funny, but have you read or listened to Matthew McConaughey's memoir that came out a year or no, two ago? I heard about it. Green lights. I have, I, I've read a portion of it. Yeah. It's uh it's a fantastic read. And uh, like, it's, it's fun and crazy because he's, that's a crazy dude. Like, and yeah. he's got all these just <laughs> nutty stories. He wasn't afraid to do anything in his life and his family was crazy. So um, it's just a fun read, but his perspective, in fact, when I told you I went to lunch with, uh, with Dennis and he invited me, you know, basically offered me a job with the team. I was literally reading that book at the time and McConaughey's whole kind of concept with the green lights thing is that when you're looking at life in a way where you're looking for green lights and you're, you're thinking positively and I'm watching for green lights, then you're going to find them. You're going to see them all the time. And, and even if you run into a red or a yellow light, you just go, okay, not yet, but there's going to be another green light. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, I found that book like at the time, just where I was at in my own head and soul and everything, like just, Hey, what's next kind of thing. It really kind of was getting me pumped up and, you know, just fired up for my future. And then all of a sudden I'm in that conversation at lunch and Dennis offers me the job and literally what pops in my head is green light. That is cool right right now. So that actually was like really cool. And it is just a fun read. And if you like to listen to books, it's actually McConaughey and his cool voice, like reading the thing. So you're going to give us a little McConaughey right now. (laughs) All right. All right. All right. (laughs) There you go. There you go. That's about all I got for you. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Yeah. See, I need to finish that book now. See, my problem is I got all these great books sitting on my dresser, but I read the first couple of chapters and then switch to the next one. And I follow through if I'm listening on Audible. Yeah. I will finish the book if it's on Audible. Yeah. Yeah. But then it, I get started and I jump to another one, jump to another one. So Same. I need to just I go ahead some and of that too. finish that or just pick it up on Audible. Then I will complete it. You never <laughs> know from Days and Fuse that he's actually a really holy man too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's funny. Um. Good. All right. All right. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on to the rapid fire round. Okay. So you got to answer these. You probably you may have cheated. You may know what I'm bringing at you, but you have to answer top of the first thing that comes to your mind. I'll do that. All right. All right. Here we go. The rapid fire round. 
<laughs> All right. Chris Durbin, are you ready? What is your spirit animal? Uh, a hawk. Ooh. What is your guilty pleasure? Um, I would go chocolates and IPAs. Oh, nice. IPAs. <laughs> Particular? Or do you like trying all different brands? Man, I know. Lots of different ones. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm a big Great Lakes guy. They, they make some good ones, yeah. for sure. And, of course, the Phoenix. Yeah. Locally. Shout out to the, lo- the yeah. Phoenix, for sure. Yeah, do a good job. Uh, favorite movie? Mm, I mean, I watch, I watch I like a lot of movies. I'm probably, you know, being a local guy, I might just have to go Shawshank Redemption. The greatest movie of all time. I mean, it, it is awesome. Yeah. It just so happened to be filmed here. If I, yeah. if I have yeah. to pick one, that one's always right there. There you go. Sure. Yep. Love it. What do you do in your spare time? Um, you know, hang I hang out with my fam. Um, you know, more especially as they're getting older, just try to try to hang with my girls some and uh I do like to play a little golf and I still play a little basketball on Monday nights. Nice. What is your go to karaoke song? Oh man, I haven't done a lot of karaoke. <laughs> I actually used to sing quite a bit, but I haven't done oh karaoke. Or sing alone in the car song, however you wanna Man. I don't even know what I would go to on that. Probably a U two song. I'm a okay. big U two fan. Right. So uh what's one Little of Little Beautiful Day. Yeah, there you go. A good one. <laughs> that one or the, where the streets have no name. I don't know if that's really a karaoke song, but I do love that song. All right. I like it. What is something you fear? Hmm, something I fear. Not really a guy that's terrified of like snakes or spiders or anything like that. Um Hmm. I we would say we stumped him, Mark. You might get well, I mean I could just go we talked Enneagram for a second. I could say, you know, deep down probably is just like that there's that fear of like uh not being uh needed or liked, you know what I mean? Like, sure, yeah. So Yep. Interesting, love it. Um, what is your greatest accomplishment? Hmm, greatest accomplishment. I would, I mean, probably a lot of people say, you know, they hope it's their family, their uh, their kids, and uh, you know, just building a good, building a good, loving family and legacy. That certainly is a top priority for sure. Yeah, uh, man. Yep, same here. Yep. And then, I mean, I'm pretty proud of, like, being crazy enough to make a career move. Um, and actually, my first year has gone pretty well. So, I mean. So, you're coming back for year two? Yeah, I'm, st- I'm staying in it for now. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> yep. Was it a good choice to change? Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really glad I made the move. And, uh, you know, there's moments where you're like, what was I thinking? But yeah. sure. overall, I'm loving it. Yep. Good. Who's your favorite superhero? superhero uh man i'm not i'm not like a huge marvel guy either um i'd probably go superman just because like i mean i mentioned the hawk earlier because like flying for me is like if i could fly that'd be that'd be awesome so you either iron man with the suit or superman so i can fly fly. okay yeah Yeah. i think pretty much all superheroes can fly so that doesn't narrow it down too much Yeah, I even mean, a Hulk lot of them fly. I guess a lot of them kind of can, right? yeah. can't they? Yeah. <laughs> well, mean, you said you're not a big superhero guy. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm, I'm not one of those guys that's like watching like all the Marvel movies right when they come out. Or right, yeah. like some other guy I know that may have like some gigantic uh, Batman, Batman tattoo. tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> I think I hear them out there actually. Um, what is your favorite sports team? Um, I mean, I've always been a big Buckeyes and Cleveland sports fan yep. for sure. Yep. yep. All right, and finally, what is your favorite food? 
Hmm. Oh man, I joke that if I, you know, if I actually just had a lot of money, I'd be such a foodie because I just I like good food and I eat almost anything. But probably I'm going to come back to a yeah, good. But you're too skinny to say that. You, I, I, I eat more too good than of I shape, look. I should say. <laughs> <laughs> I do try to stay active. But I, uh, I've always just been blessed with a good metabolism, I guess. Man, I wish I could have that. Usually going to land on a steak or a really good burger. I drink, I, I drink about four IPAs and eat a steak, and I'm, <laughs> I gain about 15 pounds the next day. <laughs> right? I don't get it. All right, steak and a burger. Love it. All right. Thank you for joining us. Chris Durbin with Fairway Mortgage. How, where and how can folks contact you, sir? Yeah, you can. Uh, of course, we have an office right across from Panera on Lexington Avenue. Um, so you can find us there, uh, or you can get me at chris.durbin at fairwaymc.com or durbinhomeloans.com uh, is where you can uh, find my website and apply it and everything like that. And um, of course, you can find my, my phone number and stuff at those places. So. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Chris. Thank you for joining us today. That was very fun. Great job. Excellent job. Um, Mark Gray, thank you as well. Um, Mark's going to, he's not only a, you know, co-host, but also producer extraordinaire. So he's going to clean up all my mistakes and make us sound pretty again, like he always does. So thank you for that, Mark. Yep. Um, Be so beautiful. Yes. Yes. Yep. Thank Thanks you for so listening. much for having me on, guys. Appreciate yeah. It. No. Thanks for coming on, everybody. Thank you for listening out there uh, to the Dream Huge podcast again with Mark Gray, uh, Justin Bigelow as MIA today, and myself, Pete Peterson. As always, remember the rules: work hard, never give up, and dream huge. Thank you for listening to the Dream Huge podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. For more inspiring content, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Dream Huge Realty and on TikTok at Dream Huge Inc. Until next time.